Do you love the Mason Vera Payne show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then keep listening. It's time for Team MVP. Uh, Team MVP is a show about your life, covering everything from movies and games to technology to politics, but not the stuff you hear about on the news. Coming to you from MVP Studios, Team MVP starts now. Team MVP correspondent Brian Altimer here live from MVP Studios in Chicago, and thank you for tuning in. Well, the California recall results are in, and if you were sleeping last night, the results were that, that the California voters decided to stick it out with Governor Gavin Newsom for the time being. It was a pretty interesting election indeed. Joining me to discuss the election results and what swayed the public to keep Newsom is CEO of Top government bank kaplan of topagency.com hey how are you hey uh great to be on the program and yeah it was a, it was sort of an exciting night there was a lot of intrigue about you know could in a very you know democrat leaning state like california where there's you know two to one advantage to democrats over republicans in voter registration could actually a pretty progressive liberal governor be kicked out and a quite conservative Republican governor be brought in when no one thought that was possible. But of course, in California, there's a precedent for this because that happened in 2003 when Arnold Schwarzenegger took over for Greg Davis. But the results, a lot of, I think the strategy from the Democrats, you know, proved to be, you know, a, a solid one. And, and essentially, you know, it ended up being not as close as people thought it would be. The Democrat governor was retained. But there's like a lot of lessons for other states for 2022, for 2024 uh, that resulted from the result from last night. How did California get to this point with Newsom? Because overall, you know, I'm in Illinois. So one of those things that I always thought was that he was a pretty good governor. So how did we get to this point with Newsom? Sure. There, there was sort of the kind of the, the big gaff moment from Newsom that, that sort of gave life to this whole recall effort really happened where, you know, he had done a lot of pretty strict measures in regard to the COVID-19 and the pandemic. He had a lot of rules for sort of not eating indoors, um, not eating, gathering at restaurants. And what actually happened was he was photographed essentially after telling everyone to follow these rules and how important it was eating at a fancy, famous restaurant at a dinner party called the French Laundry and essentially flaunting all of his own rules, which gave people you know, a view that, hey, it's a pretty hypocritical uh, action to do. So what happened is there was a recall that was basically going nowhere. That hit the news and that gave this thing huge momentum. And suddenly lots of people signed up for this recall petition. And really the polling on that over time um, started really shifting against the sitting governor to a point where it actually became like some of the poll polling, you know, maybe a month or two back looked like this was a 50-50 toss up that people were so upset about making sacrifices. And the leader who said we had to do it um, wasn't doing the same sacrifices. Um, but in the end, some of the strategies in terms of, you know, running against the who ended up being the Republican candidate that came to the top, Larry Elder, a conservative, you know, long time LA radio talk show host who had some views that were, you know, somewhat out of step with California's views end up being enough for sort of the governor to pull that back. But it was essentially, it, it's ironic and it's one of the insights from, from this election is that basically Gavin Newsom lost on COVID-19 handling at the beginning because of this unfortunate dinner, but then he won in the end because of COVID-19 handling again, as people were just afraid of what 
a candidate might do who just wanted to kind of end all of the, you know, kind of COVID-19 measures. Right. And it was a pretty wacky election, too. Uh, you mentioned Larry Elder, the uh, the radio guy, because I remember him when I first started radio years ago. But you also had a bunch of other candidates, including Caitlyn Jenner, who jumped in, which I found surprising. And do you know if if she even registered to get any percentage of the vote? Yeah, you know, it, what ended up happening, and that's what happens in these recall elections, and, and, and California is really unique in this, in that the bar is much lower to, to one, I think in California, you can actually recall virtually any um, public official. I mean, you can recall an elected judge if you want. So one, it's not even just the governor. It's like really open to recalls. And two, the number of signatures required to one, recall someone is, is typically like half of a lot of other states. And two, it doesn't take much to get on the ballot. You can get, you know, uh, you can you can file a few thousand dollar fee or you can get a few thousand signatures and you're on. So what happens is lots of people come out of the woodwork. And I don't know if you remember back in 2003 when Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger, movie star, elected <laughs> governor, but also there were people on that ballot that were like, you know, porn stars. There were people who, you know, had never run for office again who just wanted their 15 minutes of fame. So it brings out kind of, you know, a, a lot of folks. What ended up happening in this election was really all of the other candidates besides Larry Elder never really got out of single digits, never really got any kind of traction. And I think in the case of uh, Caitlyn Jenner, what happened was, you know, definitely a lot of headlines generated jumping in the race. Certainly name recognition helped Arnold Schwarzenegger and people thought maybe Caitlyn Jenner too, but it was like some, a little bit of sizzle. And then what quickly happens in these elections is people look deeper and say, is there substance? Is this person knowledgeable? And, and, and basically she didn't pass kind of the, the, the basic test of, you know, could you see this person in charge of the fifth largest economy in the world? People couldn't see it. And you mentioned earlier, too, about Governor Newsom flaunting the uh, COVID rules and Governor Pritzker here. With him, the Republicans downstate are not happy with his COVID restrictions. And there's an election coming up in a couple of years. And so do you think this will have an, a ripple effect as far as uh, elections go uh, nationally? Sure. Well, I mean, I, I, I think this. I think what, what happens is people get frustrated, people get annoyed with, you know, their political leaders and, and, and for a variety of reasons. And there's, you know, in a lot of states, there's recourse to be able to file these recalls. The issue is that it's, it's usually not that easy to get those on the ballot. But basically, if politicians give like a unifying moment, a, a, you know, it's a photo op, it's a, you know, ill-advised statement that can like, that basically becomes hugely negative PR, then that can um, be a catalyst for this. So I think what you'll see is you'll see lots of folks see this and say, man, even in California, right? Like Democrat stronghold, you know, it was really, you know, it was really iffy there for, for, for a few weeks. Um, you're going to see people file this, file these kind of, I kind of recall, um, uh, you know, petitions, but they won't really get traction unless people give a really obvious PR viral moment to kind of motivate people. But, you know, hey, any political leader is only like one gaffe away um, from creating that. I think what is an even bigger trend rather than recalls that I think um, is, is a lesson from this, which is that one of the big surprising things was that I think that Hispanic voters were more conservative than expected again. So in 2020, 
in, in many ways, Donald Trump overperformed with Hispanic voters. Uh, it, it was perceived that they were very strongly Democrat. They, they still were, but he got more than what was expected. And I think according to the exit polls in California, 58% of Hispanic voters wanted to retain Newsom, but that was supposed to be at least 10% higher in the high 60s. So the bigger issue I think is, is will Hispanics continue to be overwhelming Democrat voters and supporters, or is the tide changing somewhat? And there's evidence that it is. We just don't know to what extent yet. And we're talking with the CEO of top government, Ben Kaplan. Ben Kaplan is a Harvard-trained economist, public commentator, author, and analyst. And you mentioned Trumpism earlier. I want to play a piece of audio that I found interesting that Governor Newsom said last night about Trumpism. We may have defeated Trump, but Trumpism is not dead in this country. The big lie, the January 6th insurrection, all the voting suppression efforts that are happening all across this country, what's happening, the assault on fundamental rights, constitutionally protected rights of women and girls. It's a remarkable moment in our nation's history. Do you think Trumpism is dead or do you think it's going to come back stronger than ever in 2024? I, I'd say maybe, maybe like no to both of your questions. Like, no, it is not dead. Is it necessarily stronger in 2024? Not necessarily stronger, but the question is, where does it go right now? And, and, and here's where California has some insight. I mean, essentially, Governor Newsom, and then you had at the end, like you had you know, former President Barack Obama, you had current President Joe Biden, all, all doing you know, ads and appearances for the governor. And basically what they just said was, which was kind of, an, you know, Larry Elder kind of made it easy for him, which is like, hey, he's a Trump clone. And, you know, and a, a vote, you know, against the recall is a vote against Trump, which is going to be a popular thing in, in, in California. So um, there's a, a, you know, minority that is very vocal. And the question is, um, you know, what are we going to see, I think, in the 2022 elections first? So that's going to be like, and, and, and there's really kind of three models for that. Model one is that Trump himself is still a really big player and is, you know, either a kingmaker or a king. Model two is that everyone kind of moves on from Trump, but then a bunch of other candidates try to become the new Trump, which is a basically attract Trump's base and continue it on. And you have like the governors, Republican governors of Florida and Texas trying to do that now. Or option three is that a lot of dissatisfied, you know, a lot of kind of dissatisfied folks who are looking for a different path will, will kind of be co-opted into something else. And I think 2022 is the hint of that. And I think where this is headed is to, instead of just being kind of a loud but vocal minority, someone in one of those groups, if the Republicans are gonna have a chance, would need to figure out a way to cross over even while retaining the base. And I think that's what, and cross over to Democrats, cross over to independents. What's really interesting in California, and maybe this is indicative elsewhere, of those who are registered Republicans, who identify themselves as moderate. In California, according to recent polls, 44% are dissatisfied with their own party. Wow. So the question is, how can Republicans sort of keep what is a very passionate base, but actually draw more people in? That is not clear, and that's going to be decided in 2022, and we're going to see you know, if Trump continues to be the sort of the symbolic head, or if the movement continues with him more of a side character right now, he's still in control.
I guess we have to wait to 2022 to find out if you're right. There you have it. The CEO of Top Government, Ben Kaplan, topagency.com. Make sure if you want to follow Mr. Kaplan on social media, you can follow him on Twitter. It's at Benjamin Kaplan. Thanks so much for joining us. That was very insightful. Thank you. Thanks so much. Great discussion. Love what you just heard? Team MVP is brought to you by everyone's favorite unabridged millennial, Mason Vera Payne. Let's be friends. Connect with us at Mason Vera Payne on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Got a question or comment for the show? Email contact at masonverapayne.com. And make sure to check out masonverapayne.com to catch up on what you missed and get fresh content multiple times a week. That's Mason Vera, P-A-I-N-E, all one word, dot com.